Thank you for joining me again as we look to God's Word today. I want to share with you a few thoughts on two particular items. One I want to speak of a little bit, and then one I want to talk about a lot. It's a matter of where we want to place our emphasis. Starting in the book of Matthew, chapter 24, uh, this is uh, noticed by most as where Jesus predicts the destruction of uh, Herod's temple, the temple that is in Jerusalem. Uh, but then it, it evolves into really more of a uh, dialogue and descriptive chapter of Christ informing the disciples of the last days, the time of uh, uh, Daniel's 70th week that you can read about in the book of Daniel. But we began in Daniel, uh, sorry, in uh, Matthew chapter 24, starting at verse 1. Jesus went out and departed the temple, and as they departed, the disciples came and showed him all of the buildings that were around, the magnificence of all of this uh, temple complex. And Jesus uses it as an opportunity, and he says, you see all these things, but I'm telling you the truth, there won't be one stone uh, laid on top of the other uh, in the future. And of course, that uh, was uh, prophetic because in 70 AD, the Romans under Emperor Titus uh, utterly destroyed Jerusalem, uh, killed approximately a, a million Jews at that time. They destroyed the temple. But uh, it goes on in chapter 24, verse 3, that as Jesus sat down, uh, now they on the Mount of Olives. Uh, several years ago, I was blessed to be in Israel, across from that temple complex and uh, the, the old city. You go down through the Kidron Valley, you come up the other side on the Mount of Olives. Just a, a short distance, you could look across there and see uh, the eastern wall. And he says to the disciples, or rather, they say to him, uh, when are these things going to tell, uh, happen? Tell us the signs that we can see. And interesting, in verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Now, I ask you to stop for a minute. The disciples now have been uh, kind of quickened in their thoughts about, wow, this beautiful temple, the religious center, uh, the, the place of the scribes and the Pharisees and the priesthood and the law and all of the center of religion was found in that temple. You say it's going to be destroyed. And yet when they said what and when and how do we know, Jesus's response to them had nothing to do with the temple. He had nothing to do with uh, the, the specifics of what was coming. But rather, he says to them, first thing, laying importance upon it for them and for us, do not be deceived. Uh, verse 5, for many will come in my name saying, it's important, saying, I am the Christ. And what will happen? They will deceive many. What a tragic thing. And how it must have grieved the heart of Christ as he's there with his disciples. He's prophesying to them about the temple. But now he says, look, first and foremost, you guys, you have to pay attention because deception is going to come, such deception that many, many that name the name of Christ, many that are found in our religious centers, many that are filling the synagogue and the churches, many, many will listen to this deception and they will be deceived. Now, I could spend a, a lot of time talking about deception. We could go in to try to describe how it, what it is, how do we see it, but friends, I want, to, I, I want simply to say to you this, 
Jesus laid an emphasis upon the disciples right then and there. And it's something for us. Take heed. He's saying, look, pay attention. Don't bury your heads in the sand. Don't live life as you think you can always do it. As they have in the past, so shall it be in the future. He's saying, no, no, no. Look, the generation is and is coming where you're going to have to pay attention. You're going to have to see clearly. And notice he said deception begins to come by people saying. Most deception will begin with things that are said. Things that are said that are in contradiction to the word of God. He said, many will come and say, I am the Christ. They'll say, I'm a prophet of God. They'll say, I'm, I'm a leader of Christians. Come and follow me. I have the answer. And what they say will not line up with Scripture. And he's telling them first and foremost, and he says, and yet many, many of them, many of us, will not heed what Christ has said. In fact, you don't know that you've been deceived uh, because you are deceived. And because you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. And therefore, what you think you believe to be truth is actually a lie. And what you speak to others uh, that you think is pure truth is probably a mixture and in, and in that sense is a lie. So deceived people deceive other people. And they do it by deception. They do it by what they speak. In the New Testament, when the word and the concept of deception, deceive, deceiving, being deceived is being dealt with. It is first and foremost dealt with in the church and regarding doctrine. And my today, it doesn't take us long to picture in our minds people, places, times, things that have been said that have led a multitude of people astray. And the question is not that they were led astray, but why? And it comes down to people were not taking heed. People were not listening to Christ. How do we listen to Christ today? How do we hear what God is saying today? People run to the mountains. They run to a cult. They run to a church. They run after seminars, conferences to try to get a word from God. But my friends, God has already given us his word. He is already speaking to us. And the way that we combat deception is by knowing truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We have to bear down onto Christ. We have to be men and women who don't just read the word, but we read, we study, we meditate, we think on it. Oh, part of deception is you listening to me today and you say, well, that's for preachers. That's for church leaders. That's for Christian ministry leaders who are in that occupation. No, my friend, this is, a, this is the commandment of God to every born-again believer. His, uh, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And this leads me to what I want to say. I could talk, as I said, a lot about deception. We could give a lot of things here in our life and our world today that would give you clear uh, depiction of deception. But I want to focus on something else. Um, I was uh, told and I have read before about how in the U.S. government, those working in the area of currency, that they're uh, trained to know what is uh, false currency, not by studying the false, not by looking at counterfeit bills and being able to detect every little thing of a... No, they don't spend time on those negatives. They are taught 
day after day for however long to know a dollar bill, a true authentic dollar bill. They know it inside and out, what it feels like, smells like, looks like, the weight of it, the texture of it. They know where everything on that dollar bill should be. Uh, and by studying the original, they don't fall prey to deception and receive counterfeit bills. Um, and that's the way it has to be with us. We have to know the Word of God. Uh, His Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. If we are not students, if we don't move past the milk of the Word, just the reading, the Bible stories, uh, the generalities, but if we stay in the milk, we're going to be immature. We're not going to be grown up and, and ready for the things of this world. But if we take God's Word and we eat it, and we pray on it, and we dwell on it. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable. For what? The first thing it says is for doctrine. Now, that's not just for Sunday. That's not for just preaching a sermon. Doctrine is the code, the biblical code of God, the laws of God by which we are supposed to live. Doctrine is for life. Uh, and it's also good for reproof, for correction. God corrects those whom he loves, and he does it by his word. And see, deception comes by people speaking things that are contrary to God's word. If we don't know what God's word is, we're not going to be able to detect a lie. If you don't detect it, you'll be deceived and you'll receive a lie as truth. It also goes on to say that the scriptures are profitable for what? Instruction in righteousness. Amen. God's Word instructs us how to live righteously and rightly before God in everyday life. And it says that the man of God, the woman of God, can be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, we need that, don't we? We need the Word of God. We need to study it. Hebrews 4.12 goes on. It says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and what? Discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Not just our hearts, but the hearts of those people that we hear. Uh, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. People who are rejecting God, who are Christ-haters, who are uh, Bible disbelievers, uh, who have distorted and perverted the Word of God. It's, you find this all through the New Testament. The, the apostles dealt with it. Churches were, had bad doctrine, had bad preachers, had false prophets. All of that is speaking things contrary. But the Word of God is profitable for us, uh, uh, for righteousness, for right living, and it discerns thoughts and intentions of the heart. In other words, it detects lies. Christians are to be walking lie detectors. When we hear something, we, we can discern whether it's good or bad, according to God's Word. Not your opinion, not my opinion, but what God says in the Word. So you have deception, but the opposite or the fighting of deception is found in discernment. Jesus is saying to those disciples, you've got to have discernment. You've got to be in my Word. You've got to know what I say. You've got to be ready um, because uh, deception is coming. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, chapter 12, verses 8 through 10, you will see there a very familiar to most Christians, a, a very uh, familiar set of uh, verses there regarding uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
you know, David in the Psalms, uh, chapter 119, he prayed that uh, I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. You see, we need discernment. Discernment comes by the word of God. The Holy Spirit distributes gifts from God to every born-again believer. Every believer, every one of us, babies uh, who are on milk and mature who are eating meat, we are all given measure of discernment. We should all be practicing it. We should be putting it into practice. We should be aware of our surroundings. Uh, We should be listening to what's being said to us over the news and from the pulpit and from our family and from our friends. We have to be discerning, you see, of these things. And the more we use our discernment, the more we grow in it. But these gifts that you find in 1 Corinthians 12 are given to people in the body of Christ, and it's meant for edification. A big word just means to build up. It's meant to build up the body of Christ, build you up, build me up. When we speak truth to one another, we are edifying one another. We are honoring Christ. We're building one another up in the most holy faith. Uh, And uh, according to 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, uh, he says, Beloved, he's speaking to fellow believers in Christ. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of, of God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out in the world. False prophets are false because they speak something that is contrary to God's word. We have to know God's word in order to discern not only what is said to us is truth or a lie, but whoever is coming to us, if they are true or false. And we have to test them. Uh, When it tests the spirits, we're not talking about something crazy, something mystical. Uh, We're not talking about one or two people around the world that have a special something. No, this is a gift given. We are to pursue spiritual gifts. This gift of discernment is to enable every Christian to clearly recognize and distinguish between what is God, what is Satan, what is flesh in the world. We're able to discern these things. We're able to tell right from wrong, good from bad, based upon the Word of God. Uh, and, and so discernment is really the only way to fight uh, deception. And fighting it is what we are supposed to do. We're, we're called to that way. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, the good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's will is tied up in His Word, and the more we know of the Word, the more we're equipped as mature believers to walk in truth and power and victory, and we won't fall to to deception. This is what He's saying to the disciples. Take heed. Pay attention. Do what you're supposed to. Uh, As we look at those gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you'll find that they mention uh, nine gifts. Now, I don't have time in this short Uh, session to go into it, maybe on another one. But man has been made by God in three parts, body, soul, and spirit. And when you look at these gifts, you'll find that they are nine gifts divided into three sections with three gifts per section. And they really uh, uh, follow the makeup of man. In other words, wisdom, knowledge, and faith reflect 
gifts that are, are operational in the soul of man. Healing, miracles, and prophecy come regarding the body, where there's physical things happening, manifestations of God's power and presence in a physical, tangible way. Uh, that's the body. And then the last three are uh, gifts that are referenced to around the spirit, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, the discerning of spirits, the speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. These are all needed. But I wonder how many uh, want wisdom. They want faith. They, they want to see miracles. They want to prophesy. But friends, how many of us have asked God to give us a discerning spirit? Amen. That's a gift. We should ask God for that uh, because that is what's uh, needed in our day and in our age. So you see, uh, in this brief time that I have with you, uh, deception is here. First uh, John is filled where John is writing and says, look, the person of the Antichrist has not yet come. Many people are seeking in our day right now, right? This is not unusual. Decades and generations before did the same thing. Who's the Antichrist? Where is he at? Is he here now? Is he coming? What nation is he coming from? How can I know him? And yet, how many forget John's admonition that says, look, the spirit of Antichrist is here already. The spirit of Antichrist says that Christ is not the son of the living God. They, the, the spirit of Antichrist says he's a prophet, he's a good man, but he is not the son of God. The spirit of Antichrist here is, says that the Bible is a myth, it's a, it's a book of myth and superstitions. The, the spirit of Antichrist here it says that the grace of God gives license to us to be able to live however we want, filled with sin and wickedness and licentiousness and all manner of malice and wickedness and still be right with God. These are uh, uh, distortions. These are doctrines of demons we find in the Bible that come from the spirit of Antichrist that's already here. Uh, if, you're, if you've got any sensitivity to God, if you have any inclination to the things of God, I am sure the Holy Spirit has been saying to you, that's not right. That's not true. That is a perversion. And how do we know that? We know because the Holy Spirit never speaks or leads anybody uh, in a way that would contradict or deny what the Holy Bible has said. So friends, we could spend a lot of time talking about uh, deception. I want to encourage you to know this that you are a discerner of spirits. Amen. The Word of God is working mightily in you. Uh, continue to seek Him out. Be in His Word. People take the reading the book as a formality. They think Bible study is just something you do once a month on Tuesday night at somebody's house for, for an hour, and that's... No, no, no. It, it, daily. We cannot live by bread alone, but by every word. We need to be in the book. We need to read it. need to study it need to meditate on it, need to, need to let it regurgitate within us. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us eyes of the Spirit to see things uh, so that we are well-equipped, so that we are powerful today uh, to be able to detect uh, uh, deception and also to, to combat deception by speaking truth. I want you to know today, you're a soldier of Jesus Christ. You have given, been given the sword of the Spirit. Use it for your good, the good of others, the building up of the body of Christ, and for the glory of God. So until next time, the Lord bless you, my friend.